I'm Robin Amler of IBS Intelligence. You're listening to the IBS iViews podcast. With me is David O'Neill, Chief Executive Officer of API Metrics. But what we're actually talking about is the API rating agency, of which David is a board member. What does the API ratings agency aim to do? The key thing we're trying to achieve is to bring some standardization and semblance of organization to the question of quality when it comes to APIs. I originally founded API Metrics because we were struggling to agree on essentially what was up and what was down when it came to API performance with some of our customers uh, when I worked in consulting. And we built our product to answer that question for performance. But as time has gone on and the industry has evolved and essentially eaten everything else in the software sector, the standards have not evolved with it. We still treat APIs as a purely technology play that just needs technology hammers to hit the technology nail. At the end of the day, that's not quite good enough for what APIs have ended up uh, becoming useful. And what, we're, what we started to see was we, we couldn't even agree on how to measure whether something was working or not. And that becomes very frustrating when you're discussing with different organizations or trying to arbitrate between two organizations who have an opinion that the other one is wrong when they're both looking at two completely different things and not agreeing on what they're saying. Our starting point was, well, what is the data telling us and can we agree on how to measure performance? And as I started to talk to more people in the industry, like Linda Brandon from Better Cloud and John Musser from Ford, this wasn't just unique to performance, which is my company's area of interest, but a whole bunch of other sections started to appear. How do we agree on documentation? Uh, anybody who's used an API will certainly know the experience of finding that the uh, doc it's well documented in a PDF, which is essentially the IT equivalent of locking it in a filing cabinet with a sign on the door saying, beware of the leopard. You can't cut and paste from it. If there's something complex, you have to get it right. You can lose hours trying to find out where the bit that was um, copied and pasted wrong is. So that was another area we realized we there should be some best practice for. We also realized that nobody was setting rules on whether you should even stand behind your APIs. In the financial services sector, that's a little bit easier because governments are actually standing up and saying, yes, you allow shout, stand behind your API, and these are the rules by which you have it. But even there in Open Banking UK, we've seen instances where OBUK issued a new revision, and a bank said, great, it's now V2, let's launch V2, and turned off V1. And that's the sort of thing that isn't well covered in any of the best practices or any of the industry stuff. And that's what the API ratings agency wants to start to get to grips with at a very high level. We're actually probably going to call it more an advi uh, advisory council than an uh, advisors and an agency. That was a change that we've uh, we agreed after we all, we mutually launched it, but the idea is to come up with some industry best practices and some thought leadership and concepts of the things that everybody's in the rush to get to market and to get everything API fied. We've forgotten to do it's the sort of technical equivalent of dotting i's and crossing t's. We've just missed a few steps on the way, and that's what we want to try and achieve. We started to look at performance and performance metrics and how to measure them. So, for example, there are multiple ways you can measure API performance. You can measure it from your gateway, which serves the APIs. You can measure it inside your technology stack, which is often preferred by a lot of engineering groups because they know those numbers and they trust them. 
but none of their customers are inside their engineering stack. Their customers are off in the wilds of the cloud, stuck somewhere in AWS land or Azure land. And that performance will look very different to the performance you measure internally. People don't stand behind their APIs in a lot of industries. The, the famous instance is Twitter, who've turned on and off different aspects of their API stack more times than I can count, shutting down entire ecosystems on a whim. That's something that we can't really have going forward. If an ecosystem has evolved around an API, it puts a lot of power into uh, companies if they can just turn everybody else off, or if they feel that they've got competitors, they aren't allowed to have them anymore. And I think there's a risk in financial services outside of very regulated environments like the UK, where there's been a push towards, yes, we must have standardization from some of the larger players who are now starting to realize, well, hang on, if we have standardization and standardized APIs for that, startups could come along who won't have to spend eight, nine figure sums like we did to get our claws into the market, but could come along with a disruptive idea very easily. And I think there's a lot of business pressure building from the other direction, which is, well, maybe we shouldn't be pushing into these open sectors. Obviously, I passionately believe we should, and that's why we should have best practice around it. Documentation standards, what does documentation mean? And finally, coming back to the, the ratings agency side, how do we come up with ways we can agree on what we're seeing? And that, that's what, that's the, that was the starting point for me. We don't have a common vernacular or a common language for agreeing that something that's provided by Bank A is as good or better than something provided by Bank B or the reverse. There's just no standardized, accepted way of looking at the margins and deciding who is good and who is bad. If something's down all the time and doesn't work, doesn't work at all, that's that's relatively easy. If you have an outage like Google did, but most of these services are up 100% of the time, give or take, and the performance issues are in the margins, but they can be quite devastating. We're in a sector where even a few hundred milliseconds can be the difference between a good user experience and a bad one. But capturing that, if it only happens three or four times a week versus never happening. How do you see that? And how do you get people to agree, yes, that's true and that's and it's not? And that's what we're trying to bring some order to. And the vision will be to have a series of white papers and best practices that anybody can sign up to, whether it's for how they measure quality. At the moment, API Metrics does that, but I'm, I fully assume that companies like Postman and uh, SmartBear and others will. How you measure doc quality of documentation, and actually Kinlane and Postman's done some very good work on this, and how you measure essentially how good the paperwork behind the API is. Is it, it, Are you going to get burned using it to, to highlight the Twitter case? So those are all the concepts that we, we started out with that we're trying to bring into uh, Tara to basically set some ground rules for an industry that's grown faster than it was expected to, and certainly faster than some of the standards around it. There's lots of technical standards for where the curly brackets should be, what the JSON should look like. But the business standards, the things that a CIO or CISO actually will worry about, they haven't evolved in the same way. And we think it's about time that we started to put some skin on those bones. I think we have to remember that this is the financial services sector. This is other people's money we're talking about. It's my money we're talking about. I want to be sure that I can do what I want to do when I want to do it with my bank, and I want to do it safely. And presumably, you're telling me that the standards to ensure that, well, frankly, don't exist at the moment. The standards to ensure it's being done consistently don't, in my opinion. The technical standards to allow you to 
have an ecosystem of TPPs, AISPs or PISPs or third-party providers, whatever the vernacular in your jurisdiction is, those somewhat exist. But if you look at the US, the USA, they don't yet. There are proposals in front of the Congress to build some, but they don't, they're not there. They're not there in Canada yet. I know Senator Deacon's office is working on that. They're evolving at different paces in different legislative um, environments. But once you get beyond, we will give third parties a safe way of accessing your financial services data, you've got no guarantees it's going to work well. Some countries have said, oh, it must work this fast and in this way and be this shape and this size. But then we start to hear stories of, well, the banks are told that they have to work this fast and this uh, and in this way, but there's no agreed way of measuring whether Bank A measuring it at, picking random numbers, 370 milliseconds is the same measurement as Bank B doing it in 780 milliseconds or Bank C in 15 seconds. And there's no standards for are they actually even measuring the same thing in the same way from the same place. So that's one piece that you can't be guaranteed that things will work, which I think for the banking providers themselves is a terrible brand perception uh, risk for them that if you are uh, connecting, if, if you're looking at something like HSBC's Money App, where you're connecting to different payment and vendor services, they're not looking at the names of the other payment and vendor services. They're looking at your brand. And if you're not measuring the entire ecosystem in the same way, you don't know who you should be complaining about. So there is certainly something that's that's being missed on that side of things. But then agreeing that, and a trivial example uh, that I got from one jurisdiction, not the UK, is just year format in sharing financial information for credit checking services and for mortgage issuing services. You know, one of the fundamental things is what year was the person born in? And, you know, what year did X happen or Y happen? If the year comes in a different format from provider A and provider B, perhaps it's two digits versus four digits, that can either not work because you're assuming it's going to be four digits, but it can also be quite hard to prove. It might be that their back-end database that they've forgotten about, that they acquired from Institution Z. The First National Bank of the land that time forgot. Yes. Uh, that's the, in fact, oh, from a database on a mainframe as old as I am, which is a lot older than I like to admit, that data is coming in the wrong format. But actually proving that that data is coming in the wrong format, because they'll be able to show that their schema is designed to provide four digits. And they just won't have realized that a particular database for a certain set of accounts is returning two. Those become the kind of things that we want to have some standardized practice on how you should measure how you should do it and how you should agree on what you're looking at. We actually see this as protection for everybody because it's your, as you say, it's your data. You want to have trust that your data is being handled securely and is in the right formats. But the providers also, they don't want to be the ones who are accused of problems if it's not them. Sometimes they just don't know that it's not them or they're relying on a third-party service. As you say, they've forgotten about because it came in an acquisition of a regional bank 35 years ago, and it only represents 15% of their actual accounts. My favorite story that came from North America was a persistent problem with an organization known as Redneck Bank of Alabama, and that's the actual name of the bank. (laughs) But there were so few people using it, no one noticed that their services were very unreliable except when the people who were using it, who got very vocal about it, couldn't connect to anything. 
That's the kind of thing. Everybody has an assumption, which I think is very valid, that irrespective of the size or value of the, of the institution connecting or providing data, the data should be consistent and measured and looked at in the same way. So we agree on how we've measured and how we've looked at it. And that's what we want to we, we want to get everybody to the same, just at least to a level playing field, even if people aren't necessarily perfect in every regard, at least knowing why there are issues. Okay, well, let's take it a step forward. You're just getting to grips with this as a board of an industry oversight body. When do we expect the first standards to be available? When will people have something that they can subscribe to, as it were? Uh, We are just ratifying our internal charter. Since we announced we wanted to launch, we've had another half dozen members approach us who want to uh, take part. Some of the larger neobanks and financial institutions as well, which is very gratifying to us. Our plan is we're likely to start with the performance measurement working practices. And our goal is to have at least a white paper, probably a relatively short one, but a white paper in everybody's hands for end of March next year. And then our plan is, depending on the number of participants we put together over the course of Q1 to form working parties, to look at some of the other issues. So the, the documentation Documentation standards, how, what, why, and when of where you store things and how you put things down, not PDF, please, and so on and so forth. And then we'll probably leave the contentious things towards the end of next year, which will be more focused at outside of financial services, as we've discussed. National regulators and legislation like PSD2 override some of the concerns that other sectors have. I do have concerns about some of the less regulated geographies, that they'll go so far towards open banking and open finance, and then a number of the larger providers and institutions will pull back. There's certainly one country I'm aware of where one of the largest banks essentially walked away from the national open banking standards and decided that we're going to go it alone and we will fight for supremacy on our standards. And that's what we, we, we certainly want people to sign up and say, no, we will not do that. The whole point of uh, that this is not a fi- fixed sum game. There is not a finite limit to the number of things you can do with APIs. The industry gets bigger and more interesting the more competition there is, and the more ways we can create and think of financial services via APIs. It's very easy to fall into the trap of thinking just about deposit accounts or simple payments and simple products and miss the next disruptive technology that comes along because you're too busy looking at what's always made you money. I think large banks, and I I actually do get the feeling that banks have recognized this threat and are trying to work to avoid it. They don't want to be essentially relegated to big bags of insured money where people keep their cash and all the interesting stuff happens in new entrant technologies. David O'Neill, Chief Executive Officer of API Metrics, thank you very much.